In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time now. Drew Doherty, that guy John Harris with a football background behind him. Good to see you, dude. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, all things considered. Uh, family's okay, even though we're, we're split up, some in L.A., some in Houston. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other than, you know, football team that has taken some tough knocks, but playing well at times, yeah, doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Got a flag football game to go to tonight for some eight-year-olds, so <laughs> go Robert, Doherty, and company. So let's what's talk their, about – What's their team name? It's actually the Colts. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, on all the other dads on the team are like, hey <laughs> – why don't you wear some Colts gear? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> oh, I, man. I wear neutral, neutral colors. When I'm yes. Nothing How does cool. Robert? I mean, Robert's a staunch Texans fan. Yeah. I mean, he's a big Texans fan. That yes. didn't go down well with him, did it? I think, yeah, but I think he understands like, you know, it's not, it's out of his, his control really. Gotcha. And yeah. He don't have yeah. anything to do with that. So he's, yeah. he's a good sport. He's a, he's, he's playing well too. He's, He's a sack master. He's a really good defender. In That's awesome. Flag football, yeah. Let's talk about the Colts because this is an interesting setup. They're on national TV last night. Boy, oh boy, what a game. But the better team won. I mean, that's a that's a much a far superior team that made some mistakes that the Colts capitalized on, but ultimately they, yep. they just couldn't couldn't withstand the onslaught of Lamar Jackson and everything he is. But I saw some things. I know you saw some things that are very intriguing from Indianapolis, perhaps exploitable from Indianapolis Mm -hmm. and perhaps worrisome for the Texans because that, that Jonathan Taylor. Wow. He's a player. And as an aside, are you like me and that you're always tempted to to say Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, like <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So I'm not the thank, only one. Thank God this Jonathan Taylor has kind of kept me from doing that. When you yeah. brought it up, I, I thought about it. But this Jonathan Taylor is a oh man. He, you know, it's funny. We um, we had a young man with us by the name of Jesse Clark, who used to be who was yeah. run all our social. And Jesse was University of Wisconsin grad. Yep. And so Jesse and I used to be in the office and in the, in an office together. And so I would put my headphones on and just kind of, well, okay, what game am I watching today? What am I studying today? And so it was the year I was studying for Jonathan Taylor. Actually it was before that. And I was studying Jonathan Taylor and I was just like, my God, I would just walk over there and I would hit him. And I'm like, your boy, Jonathan Taylor is a dude. So we would text each other. Like, can you imagine Jonathan Taylor playing for the Texans? No way. The Texans are not going to get, there's no way it can happen. The Texans will be not, they're not going to be drafting a position. They would get him. And then they actually were in position and did draft Ross Blacklock. And then my worst fear was that, okay, well, now he's going to go to the Titans or, or he's going to back up Derrick Henry or he's going to go to the Colts and then the Colts take him the next pick. And I'm like, yeah, sick to it's my dumb. stomach. That's dumb. I mean, that first touchdown he had, Drew, is third and 15. And that's just a throwaway play. Just they trying were getting to get off the field. They just speed. didn't want to turn the ball over. Yeah. And he made, yeah. Golly. That's why I texted you last night. And you're like, what? Yeah. I guess you were somewhere else. You had to I was be, No, I was in the kitchen. I was in oh. the kitchen cooking. Gotcha. And so I wasn't, because I was cooking, I wasn't able really to kind of focus on the game. So I don't mind getting behind a live game because I can just fast forward through the commercials. Yeah. And so I sort of plan it that way. I'm like, so I, I cooked dinner, made dinner. I made a spicy sausage pasta. 
um, with some Parmesan bread to go with it. That was pretty good. I have, and, and while you're, and while you're cooking that, I send you what I sent you, which you can't repeat on this and I know figuring you'd be watching it and you're like, what? And I'm like, Oh, he's definitely not watching it. That's a nice, yeah. not uh, yet. Anyway. Yeah. I, I almost nowhere. texted you back at that point. I was like, Oh, I know, but I didn't, I didn't have to, you already knew. Cause I got caught up on a game uh, and then watched it uh, all the way through. And what, what a really good football game to Great watch. Game. Really fun game Great to game. watch drama involved because the kicking situation for Indianapolis was not great. Um, you know what Carson Wentz did and I, and I got to give credit to Carson. You know, he started off just real Rocky, but man, he lit up that Ravens secondary. I got to admit, I did not see that coming. I did not see it coming. I thought Wink Martindale, Don Martindale would send a bunch of blitzes at him and he didn't. He, I don't know if it was because Wentz, was getting the ball out quickly. I don't know, but he didn't send a ton of blitzes. And when they did blitz, the offensive line, a banged up one, picked it up. And then Wentz just delivered to everybody. He threw it to everybody. I mean, Ashton Doolin's making catches. Michael Pittman had – oh, my gosh. Michael Pittman, the catch he makes for a touchdown down the – oh, my goodness. Pretty but great. in the end, Lamar Jackson just making one more play. I mean, he yep. was – Lamar Jackson was phenomenal. He's phenomenal. So now they got to come back. They've got a day less uh, to prepare, day le- less to recuperate. That's kind of good. That works for the Texans in their favor to a degree, I suppose. We'll see how much. But what's the biggest threat with them? I mean, I thought Taylor is really the guy who's, like we talked about, he stands out, he's yep. such a problem, and he makes something happen when nothing's really there to happen. And he yeah. he did that, like on that first touch, like you're talking about. What do the Texans have to do to defend against that? Because that's a step up, I think, from what the, the Texans have seen uh, the last week or so. Yeah, I would you know, think going back to the game against Cleveland, you know, when you see Chubb and Hunt. Yeah. Now, I think the, the, the difference for the Colts is that Jonathan Taylor is like Chubb. Naeem, Hunt's, Naeem Hines is nowhere like Hunt, but he presents an even bigger issue because of his speed. Yeah. So you know that Hines is not going to pound, but you know that Hines can take it and bounce a run outside, and all of a sudden he's got 10-2 speed. And he's flying by you. I mean, he can absolutely smoke. But Jonathan Taylor runs 4.38 at 225 pounds. So he's got speed. He's now seeing things. I think the biggest thing you've got to do for a guy like that is cut off the runway. You got to make things cloudy. Like he knows, okay, this is this is a B gap run. I know I got to get to the B gap, which is between the guard and tackle. That's where I, that's my aiming point on this play. You've got to make those things cloudy. And mm. there are different things you can do. You can run some blitz. I thought the Texans did a really interesting, they had a really interesting run blitz the other day. You remember the big hit by John Grenard. Sure. And on that play, it essentially was kind of a it was kind of a text game. It, the, the tackle, Malik Collins, kind of shot into the offensive tackle, kind of in the direction the play was going. And then Grenard looped around. And so uh, looping back inside. So it looks like Grenard's going opposite the way the play is going, but because of Malik getting up field, it forced the back to cut back inside. And then a man who is, or I'm sorry, Grenard is right there to make the play. I mean, perfect position to make the play. So little subtle run stunts, run blitzes, those kind of things. Here's the other one. And this is a little tougher with our defense years past. This was a little bit easier because it was a little bit more of uh, not read and react, but they played a lot of 
staunch technique. They were not going to allow guys to get up to a different level. And they wanted to kind of form a wall up front. Our guys now are just blown and going upfield. They want to create mayhem. They want to penetrate. That disrupts a lot of blocking schemes. However, if a guy doesn't get all the way upfield or vulnerability yeah. turns back, yes, it leaves it leaves gaps and big gaps. And that's uh, like you said, I think vulnerabilities is the exact right word. It leaves this defense vulnerable for cutbacks for Taylor to exploit that. And now all of a sudden linebackers are not at the line of scrimmage to make a play because that play is hitting so fast because now there's a seam. So now there's room and that's what you don't want. You want to, you want to take away that separation and room for Taylor, force him to stop his feet at the line of scrimmage and bounce to allow other guys to get there. The most important thing, Drew, this is going to sound so freaking obvious when I say it, you probably already know what it is, but you got to tackle like men. You got to tackle like men. You got to tackle like guys that have, you know, been tackling your entire lives and not like a group of eight-year-old Pop Warner guys trying to pull a flag. You've got to tackle like men, and you've got to do it together. You can't throw a shoulder into a guy and think he's going to go down. Not this guy. Yeah. And not any guy, really, but not this guy. So Nick Chubb, to me, is the one guy that I think about the most with Jonathan Taylor. Now, I think Chubb is more powerful, but I think Taylor is probably a hair faster than Chubb. But to me, they're similar in that way that they hit that outside zone and you give them a seam, see ya. And, and you know, we're cranking up the band and they're kicking an extra point. And that's, that cannot happen against this guy. All right. On the flip side, we got to give kudos to Davis Mills, especially yes. when you consider what he went through in Buffalo, where yep. it was just about as bad as it gets. Flip it around a week later, three touchdown passes, yeah. no interceptions. The accuracy, which, I mean, other than the Carolina game, you factor in his two other games that he's played in the regular season. Everything we saw during training camp or the preseason, he was just not accurate numbers wise. Yeah, he was he was a dead eye, you know, on uh, on Sunday afternoon. He really, really was accurate, moved the ball around. You talk about finding different receivers last night. He did that on Sunday as well and was yep. really, really good about it. Short game, deep game. He did it all. Now, he will be the first to tell you it's never really as good. <laughs> as yeah. you think it is. And it's never really as bad as you think it is. Factor that idea in with playing inside as opposed to playing in a driving rain and playing against a defense. That's just not the level or the caliber of defense that was in Buffalo. Where do you see the improvement? How much of the improvement do you see from him? Because it seems pretty obvious when you look at the numbers, but when you factor in those other things that I just brought up, how much improvement really went down? Oh, I think there was a significant amount of improvement. I, I, I will say this, Drew, and, and, you know, it wasn't as if Buffalo shut the light switch off, New England shut the light switch on. I mean, there was right. just a confluence of events against Buffalo in which and, – and, and, look, you have those days. You, I mean, every, everybody's had them. I mean, That's why I preface it with the never as good or never as bad as yeah. it really seems. Yeah. I mean, I remember Tom Brady in 2014 when they went to Kansas City. Um, it was a Monday night, and Kansas City smoked them. I mean, just smoked them. Tom Brady's dead. He can't do it anymore. Look at him. He can't do this. He can't do that. And then they went and won a Super Bowl that year, beating Seattle at the end of it. So 
it, it, it happens to the best of them. You don't see it. The game's moving too fast. The weather's an issue. It's just nothing's there. So you go into this game against New England. I think it did help that it was New England. His coaching staff had seen them before. And look, you'd seen Buffalo before, but, you know, 2019, um, two years ago was the last time you had seen them. At least in New England, you had seen them last year. You'd kind of seen what they were like. You know that it's a well-coached defense, that it's going to be where they expect them to be. But the one thing that I said during the Buffalo broadcast was the veterans on this team need to help the rookie out. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, and that is you got a rookie out there and he's doing everything possible. He's doing everything he knows up to that point in his career to go out on the field and do some good things and to do well and to make plays. But every now and again, he needs a veteran to step up and make a play for him. You know, look, he's going to throw the ball behind a guy. Catch the daggum ball. You know, he's going to make a throw that's not perfect. Well, slide under the turf and make the catch. You know, there might be times where he doesn't see a blitzer. Okay, running back instead of running the route, go go pick the veterans have got to pick up the rookies. Or catch it and instead of just going out of bounds a yard or two later, pop it back inside and make it a 67 yard right. touchdown like Chris. I mean, that yeah, was exactly phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was. It really was. It's phenomenal. And, and that and that goes to my point. Chris Moore, yeah. a veteran, stepping up and making plays. Anthony Auclair stepping up and making a play for his quarterback. You know, the, all the tight ends got involved. They all made plays. And what that does. Drew is it raises his confidence and it also makes Davis aware of the fact that hey if I decide to do something I know my guy's going to be there and here's a yeah. great here's a great example of that in the second quarter going south and north yeah second quarter it was fourth and one I think Mark Ingram was in the backfield and they had a bunch of tight ends in and Brandy Cooks out wide Davis told me this after the game and I, I was pretty sure that it was the case, but I, I he, he confirmed it for me. I was asking him about, you know, picking up some of those fourth downs, and that was key. And he just said, you know, yeah. He said, I, I had confidence. I was very comfortable. And I saw what coverage they were in, and we've got an automatic pass off of that. That fourth down to throw to Brandon Cooks yeah. was a run to Mark Ingram. You could see by Ingram's reaction, like he's expecting the ball but Davis saw man-to-man coverage yeah. and knew that Brandon Cooks could win inside. He had to trust it. He threw it to his spot. Brandon makes the catch. First down, you keep going. And those are the kind of things you want to see a rookie do. But the rookie has to trust that vet. That vet's got to be there like we've been coached. And Brandon Cooks was there. And, look, Mark Ingram wasn't mad he didn't get the ball. He was happy they got the first down. But you could tell that was something that Davis decided to do and he needed the help of his veteran receiver, Brandon Cooks. He got it. They got a first down, and you move on. Veterans have got to pick up your rookie every now and again because eventually what's going to happen is if Davis Mills is worth his salt and Sunday gave us an idea that he might be, that the rookie's going to pick them up too. Yeah, yeah. And That's at some point. point, you're going to have this nice synergy of veterans picking up the rookie, rookie picking up the veterans, and now this offense moves the way that we want to see it move. Yeah. Hey, he plays like that again, and you clean up some mistakes on special teams, and you – you sort of limit the damage on Sunday against Taylor, and I think this this is a very winnable game. Very winnable. I mean, they're one and four as well. You know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, very you got to block. Game. I mean, look, you got to block. 
You got to block, sure. of course, Buckner and add an easy. Darius Leonard, you got to keep him from making plays. Yep. Um, but you got to keep attacking the way you did against New England offensively, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I'm not guaranteeing a win, but this is no, I know. I hear you. an eminently winnable game for sure. You know, No doubt. You do kind of what you did. All right, man. Always good to be with you. And yeah, can do it again next Tuesday. This is your In the Lab.